Welcome to Broker to Broker, brought to you by AIM, the Association of Independent Mortgage Experts. If you haven't listened yet, Broker to Broker dives into the nitty gritty of the mortgage business by interviewing independent brokers and loan originators just like me. Hope you enjoy the show. Today's episode is brought to you by Guarantee Home Mortgage, a true partner that every broker should have in their tool belt. With knowledgeable, responsive AEs who can create real value for your company to an operations team focused on delivering your purchase loan documents ahead of the closing date and so much more. Guarantee Home Mortgage looks forward to establishing a long-term partnership and showing brokers how they are opening doors to home ownership. Get connected today by logging into the AIM member portal at brokersarebetter.com. Welcome back everyone to another edition, another episode of the Broker to Broker Broker Podcast. My name is Mark Summers. I am the president of membership here at AIM, along with broker owner of Priority Mortgage London here in the great mitten state of Michigan. Um, today, I'm going to be dealing with someone who's in much better weather than I am right now. And you're down in Florida, right? Yeah, in Orlando. Perfect, perfect. Um, really excited about this one. Obviously, you already know who this is. This is Ashley Bedford. Uh, she is a mortgage broker with Patriot Home Funding. So, Ashley, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. No, no problem. No, I'm really looking forward to this one because, you know, like there's there's certain hotbeds of of the mortgage industry. And obviously, Florida is one of them. Everyone I speak to, especially people in the Midwest, they're talking about, hey, you know, I'm thinking about getting my license in Florida, but I hear it's so competitive. I hear it's mainly cash. I, it's probably all the stuff we're going to talk about today. So I'm really yeah. interested because I think I think a lot of people will be able to take what you're saying and parlay it into whatever, what you know, whatever sector of the country they're in and hopefully get them more business. So first off, I love hearing about this. Tell me how you got started in this lovely, crazy industry. So I've worked in banking prior and I just did like construction perm for commercial. And um, then I kind of transitioned out into um, accounting for a client of mine previously after the recession happened in 2008 and stayed home with my daughter for a few years. And our first house we went to buy actually went to one of those big name lenders in Michigan that we don't really like that much. <laughs> no, we, we don't talk about them. We don't bring that up on my podcast. <laughs> we won't name any names. And yeah. they told me for a hundred eighty nine thousand dollar house that I needed thirty thousand dollars. Well, I was twenty with one. I was like twenty three ish, twenty four ish with one kid and one kid on the way. And I was like, well, I don't have thirty thousand dollars. So somebody had referred me to a broker, and they said, well, you only need about thirteen thousand dollars, which was much more realistic for a twenty year old. And so I vowed to never like let anybody go through that experience again. And I had bought two houses with this broker. And I came back and I said, I'd like to be a processor. And she's like, no, I want you to be a broker. And I was like, oh. yeah. And then I realized, crap, I've never worked a commission job in my life. <laughs> scary. It's a little scary at times. Yeah. So that's kind of how I joined this. And I just dove in. We moved back to Orlando from Pensacola. My husband was born and raised here and um, lived with my mother-in-law for 18 months until I built my business. So. Okay. Well, I, I love how you dove, dove in there. So you actually worked on some sort of banking slash mortgages before the crash, right? Yeah, but more like construction for um, buildings okay. for commercial side. So no residential ever. It was quite a bit different. I thought I might know something, but I realized I didn't really know anything. Okay. So then when you got to the broker world, because after, after the crash, um, you know, there was obviously a lot of licensing and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, did you have any issues with that? I mean, you, did you just breeze through it? Because a lot of people are scared about the licensing. I'm like, don't be scared. It's, it's not that bad. You, you started no, pretty I hard just, there for a bit and move forward. 
yeah, I just studied and then um, I was a little nervous at first for the test. But then when I went in, I realized that it wasn't that difficult, kind of skipped a few questions and went back to them because that was something that the person I took the class through told me, just don't get stuck on the ones that you don't know. Go finish everything else. And if you miss a few, it's okay. So. Right, right. And then so when you when you got started in the broker world, what approximately what year was that? Uh, 2015. 2015. So yeah. you're about seven years in right now. Broker world's the way. Yeah, I love it. Right. I mean, I because I get a lot of from retail calling me and I'm always like, just listen to the podcast. You'll hear the difference in people. I mean, I already can hear it from you. It's huge. I mean, I wouldn't do retail at all. Just even the rates. And um, I always tell people that the broker world, like whenever you're with retail, you have Fannie and Freddie, who are the parents that have all the rules, but then they have grandparents that lay rules on top of that. Whereas we're just the parents and we just have to follow those rules and that's it. So a lot of times people get declined and they're devastated, but they don't realize that a broker might be able to do the loan because we don't have as many overlays or, um, and we have more products to offer. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. You know, I would say one of the biggest things since, since, you know, we helped start aim that, that I've done is really educate, not only help educate brokers because brokers help educate me, but it's also educating consumers. They, they have no idea of the difference. Yeah. And when I um, used a mortgage broker for the first time, I honestly had never even heard of it before. Even working in the bank, I never heard of a mortgage broker, didn't really understand what that meant. So really just trying to do education, which I do a lot of in this market. So it just helps. Perfect. Perfect. Well, tell me a little bit about uh, Patriot Home Funding. Um, what's, what's the scope look like for you guys there? Is it one person shop, 10 people shop, processors? Give me the skinny on them. No, we're a small shop, so it's the two owners, and um, it's just them and me, and then a processor and one assistant, and that's it. Perfect. That, that's there's, awesome. I love that. Yeah, just a really small shop, and we we really dominate a lot of Central Florida for being such a small shop too. Really? Yeah. Well, how, how do you, how do you attribute that? How do you dominate? What are you guys doing there? So when I first started, I realized that I had to do something different because like you said, this area is just saturated. So I figured that I had to do every manual underwrite that I could find. So I relentlessly called title companies and said, do you have any deals that the lender just said won't close? And eventually, finally, I mean, it wasn't just one call. I was calling literally every week because I realized that going into real estate offices, no one's there and nobody wants your donuts. Okay. And so I realized I had to add value and it wasn't like the previously where you could go in and meet realtors and things like that. We have technology now. Everybody's working from home. Okay. So I just called every title company I could and built a relationship with them. And I took stuff into them because they're always in their office and that's where it really started. And I started to close deals that nobody else wanted to close. And I closed hard deals, like manual underwrite, like figuring out ways that we could do it. And just, and it helped clients too, because a lot of times when they get declined, they never try again. And it devastates them from homeownership to start with. So really built a reputation for myself in the area as well for that. That's funny that you, that you went that route, but it's, it's unique. A lot of people try to stay away from that route. You know what I mean? But it's, it's a great yeah. way to, to, to show your, show your worth and show that, Hey, you know, I, I can do a lot of different things here. Yeah. And it was very helpful because then those title companies, they start to tell the realtors, Hey, this girl's great. You should really send her your business. And they trust their third party servicers, which is a huge Absolutely. thing. And people use people that they trust. And I love to build relationships and talk to realtors. So 
um, liking to talk was a good thing for me too. Well, that's the, that's the, that's the, that's the name of the game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Is, is, is truly building relationships and then funneling it over, especially for small shops that don't have the, you know, the big marketing dollars per se yeah. and radio advertisement. There's nothing wrong with that. I actually prefer that if you want my honest opinion, but yeah. so you're, you're in Florida. Now I'm not in Florida. I hear a lot of crazy stories down there going on right now. It's like the hotbed of America, you know, in terms of real estate. So I yeah. know you're in Orlando. That is super heavy broker, isn't it? Yeah. And I have a, I mean, there's a lot of people licensed here from other states. I think the hardest thing for people from other states here is a lot of people are just really relationship focused. They don't want to use somebody that doesn't live in this state. And that's something that I actually advocate and too, as I'm like, you want somebody local, you want somebody that understands this area and understands what it takes to get it done and knows other agents too, so that their offers can get accepted because I call every single agent when an offer is put in to just tell them because otherwise I'm just a letter in the mix, you know? So I just kind of give them information, tell them all that I've done for the file. And it really helps win a lot of contracts, which in turn, the other realtor on the buyer side is like, thank you. And they continue to send me business. So works. Well, isn't it in Florida right now, like once again, this is all just hearsay, I guess. Isn't it in Florida right now, it's like cash heavy in terms of of, of the purchases or is that kind of more or less in, in certain areas, maybe the high rent districts or maybe the more uh, tourist areas because that's what I'm hearing. And I'll let you start there. So there is a lot of cash near Disney because it's a lot of condo hotels, as you would imagine. And um, a lot of people don't want to pay those higher interest rates and they're like, I'll just pay cash. And then in Tampa, St. Pete area, you see a lot more cash, but a lot less inventory, which is a big thing. But honestly, a lot of people realize that they'd rather invest their money. So it's not as much cash as people would think because they'd rather invest their money, make more off of it and finance their house because they realize that sometimes debt is good debt. Absolutely. Absolutely. So with that being said, with it being so competitive there and and in today's market, what are you doing to differentiate yourself now? I mean, like, cause I mean, every you're right. Everyone works from home. Everyone has some sort of advertising. Everyone has a person. So what are you doing to separate yourself? So something I kind of learned along the way after I started finally getting deals that didn't have to be manual underwritten is that I really rely on transaction coordinators a lot. Um, I communicate a lot to transaction coordinators so that they never have to email me. And again, it's another trusted partner that the realtors have. And they're like, of course I'll use her because my TC sees all these lenders and they know who sucks and who doesn't. Um, And then we started doing on social media, realtor spotlight. So all the month of August and September, we've spotlighted our realtors every day. And not only does it bring us followers from their people on their Facebook, because they're going and following our page, it's beneficial to them because they're getting their name out there and seeing from all my followers and then they're sharing it on their page. So it's something that actually has been really positive with the realtor community. Okay. Now when it comes to realtors, especially down there, like, do you have like two, three, four, ten 10 realtors that you rely on? And then kind of, you know, as, as contracts come in, you kind of nip them as you go, or is it just kind of your, your, your presence is just spread by word of mouth. My presence is spread by word of mouth, but I do have about 50 realtors that are consistently providing one deal a year at least. 
Okay, we got to hit this now. How did you get 50 realtors? Word of mouth. I, I need to know this. Word of mouth and that I could just close the deals. Um, I earned a ton of listing agent businesses um, because of the fact that no one communicates. You would not, you would be surprised how many times I hear that. And it's a little bit sometimes disappointing because they even say it about other brokers that nobody communicates. And that is the biggest thing. I'm, as you can see, I have the gift of gab and I reply to every single email. So they don't, while I delegate some things, um, I really handle all of the business, like from the email end, they hear only from me. The only time they hear from anybody else in my office is the initial application to get documents. Okay, so what you're trying to tell me here is this, I'm not calling you a liar. I am just saying that it's so simple that all you're doing is just commune, over communicating with realtors and they love you for it. You don't do happy hours for them. You don't, I mean, I obviously you did the spotlight, which is, which is yeah. great. You know what I mean? But other than that, it's just you have built this from the ground up with just strong communication, doing your job, closing deals on time or early. And exactly. See, and I'm always I clear it. to close at least a week early. Um, and I always tell them if we have a file coming in tight, like, for example, if somebody has to be on the job for a year, they always are informed up front of where we're at. And um, I do five email touches per file and that is non-negotiable. So they will get at least five emails from me throughout the entire file. And they just love the communication that I have and the consistency of that the deal is going to close and there shouldn't be any hiccups. Okay. Talk to me about this five, five minimal contacts. Like, is this like application appraisal, CTC, like give, give me those five if, or is it just any update you're giving them, but it's got to be five. You got like a little chalkboard that you mark up five times. So I'm a little old school and I have, I have a whiteboard in front of me at all times that I watch files and I just do it when it needs to be done. So I'm a big believer in doing things immediately um, and answering your phone. Like, as you know, Todd Bitter always says, answer your damn phone answer or your answer your phone. damn phone. Like, and you'd be shocked. Like people don't like, I don't care. Like I answer my phone consistently. I mean, if I'm sleeping at two in the morning, probably not, but I'm always answering my phone. Or if you're on the other line and you can't you just send a quick text while you're on the other line saying, Hey, I'm answering, like I'm on the other line. I'll call you right back because they just want that communication from you and that you're not ghosting them. Um, right. But I sent a file, I sent an email originally whenever they're pre-approved. So I sent quite a few, I sent a few varieties of pre-approvals because something in Florida is that um, realtors like the pre-approval to match exactly to their offer price. They don't want a 500,000 if they're offering 400,000. So we send a few varieties and I'm always available on the weekend to update that if they need it. And then the original emails start from, and it gets the listing agent on it, the transaction coordinator, buyer's agent, title, and um, my the two people in my office. Everybody goes on that initial email and everybody gets all five updates. So when I submit it to the lender and lock it, they get an email. Um, and then I tell them in that email what inspection reports I need for the insurance company. And if there's any inspection reports I need for the actual file, like WDO, well inspections, things like that. Um, and then say, please let me know when to order the appraisal. And then when we're out of underwriting, that's the biggest thing. Like people love to see that out of underwriting very quick um, because it's impressive to them. Like they're used to a world where it's like seven days, 12 right. days of underwriting. And then I send another one when we've ordered the appraisal, when the appraisal's in, and then when we're clear to close. 
Love so. it. It's it's uh, it's old school. It's simple, but just so effective. It's like, and 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 the reason why I'm digging in on this one is just so many conversations, especially right now with our industry. You know, you see so many people succeeding, and they just stick to their roots. They stick to the basics. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean that over communication, especially with realtors, just it is unparalleled to anything else that you give them. Whether it's you know, you, you buy office space, you do whatever. It's, it's just so perfect. Yeah. And I, I found that if you just stick to your roots and don't try to change things up, and of course there's sometimes that we have to adjust with the changing market, but overall, if you just stick to what you're doing and you stay consistent on it, you're going to win the business. Love it. Love it. Okay. So we got to talk about other types of referrals here because now do you deal with a lot of cold calls down there? Like people cold calling all the time, you don't, that's perfect. Okay. But you get a lot of your referrals through your transaction coordinators and title. Would would that be a fair Realtors, yeah. So, and then like, I do have a lot of um, client referrals too, now that I've built a big base. Um, So that's a good thing too. And, and the simple, once again, do you ask for referrals? I do. And I also ask for reviews as well. After the transaction's done, I send a lot of my clients like text, like people are out of email and phone calls now. They love a good text. So I just send a text, um, you're clear to close. If you, when you have a few minutes, if you could just leave me a Google review. Perfect. Perfect. I absolutely love that. So you take these and you turn them into referral relationships, which is unreal. Now down in Florida where you're at, you know, because a lot of, a lot of the industry depending on where you're at are, you know, when it comes to real estate agents are pro broker, you know what I mean? Or, or they're not, you know, they say, no, I'm going to deal with this bank. Um, what's it like down there in Florida with, with realtors? Do, do, do brokers have that stigma of brokers can't get it done? Very, very few. Like I've had a couple listings where I've had to call the listing agent because the listing has said no broker pre-approvals. So why? I do you know, why, why do they say that? Well, I had this particular one where he just had a really bad experience. And so I just had to talk him through and just explain to him why I'm better and why that's not going to happen and what I've done to make that not happen and to please give me an opportunity. Um, And so that's the biggest thing is just that education and just solving that area, you know, for them because they've just been burnt and they don't want to deal with it. Right, right. Now, what would you say, you know, when, when you're talking to these realtors, each one is different. Like, do you have, do you have a goal going in, into each conversation with these? I mean, I know you have 50, which is absolutely amazing, but um, like, do you have a goal or do you just kind of feel out that realtor? Like, what's your style going into these? Because I, you know, one thing that I've also learned is a lot of people have a really hard time talking and speaking properly to realtors. Like, like they got to get a deal right, right on their first call. And it's like, no, no, no. It's a relationship building. Yeah. I'm really good. I love people. And like I said, I like to talk. So I'm really good at building relationships. And there's been realtors that they don't send me a deal for a year. I mean, event. And then eventually they're like, okay, I'll give you an opportunity. Like I have a specific set of realtors that use me all the time now. In the beginning, they didn't want to use me because they just had their person and they thought their person was great. And then they realized their person maybe wasn't as great because they had heard through a few other people that, you know, this is what's happening with Ashley. And so they called me and we've just been ever since. So it's just building relationships, staying consistent on it. Like I comment, I friend all of my realtors on Facebook and I comment on their kids' mm-hmm. things. 
I text every single client for their birthday. I don't let just an automated email go out. I personally text them on their birthday and their house anniversary. And that goes a long way. Like just that personal little touch. Cause I'm not big on like mailing cards and thank yous and stuff like that. Some people do that well, but for me, if I can just send a quick text, happy birthday, it just surprises them. And I do that to all my realtors too. That's awesome. And because what you're doing there is you're not making a transactional. You're making yeah. more of a relationship, which that should be the title of this podcast is how to properly build relationships, yeah. which is awesome. Okay. So let's, let's dive into your business here. I mean, obviously you're, you're, you're really good at what you do. You got a lot of business going on here um, with your high volume. Like what processes and procedures do you have in place? Like, let, let's talk about this first. Let's talk about your tech stack. I know you're old school and you got a whiteboard, so that's one. But like yep. what, what other systems, what other systems do you use right now? And then we'll so get into I, the processes. In the, in the beginning of my career, I took all of my applications over the phone. And then I realized that that was just a time killer. And so I was like, you know, everybody goes online to do all of their applications for everything else. Why can't they go online to do mine? So I do a quick intro call or um, a lot of times my realtors will group text me because I don't know about these Florida people. They just love text. <laughs> so um, they'll group text and I'll introduce myself. I'll call them and then I say, here's my application to fill out at your convenience to make it feel to them that this is a convenience for them and not a hindrance or an inconvenience. Right. And then... From that point, I text and say, thank you so much for filling out the application. My assistant will send you over a list of documents that we need. They also get an automated list of documents, but I like that more personal touch coming from my assistant directly. And then she handles all doc intake and I work quite differently and I will not review your file until I have all your documents. Because I think it's okay. imperative. Um, when I hand out my letter, it's gold and the loan's gonna close. And if I haven't seen all your documents, it can't close. And I don't quote rates without the file. Um, the only time I'll ever quote rates other than that is if they send me a loan estimate provided by a previous lender and I'll tell them what I can do to beat it. But um, beyond that, I just, I don't. It's just, it's a way to burn your reputation. Absolutely, absolutely. It's, it's okay to hold back and say, no, I can't. I can't give you right answers. I can give you wrong answers all you want. Yeah. But I, I need to give you right answers because it's my reputation as well. I absolutely love that. So when they're going online, so that's your process. Uh, yeah. You know, when you when you go online, so you're using you, you're using a, you know a POS point of application. What yeah. what POS do you use? I just use Preapp ten oh three. It's easy, um, uh -huh. super easy to pull in, and it shows my picture on there. It's very user friendly to follow. So people have liked that so far. And then it goes into what for your LOS? So it goes like we just pull the 3.4 out of there and then it goes into our um, our database. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you don't use a specific LOS per se, loan origination system? Yeah. No, pre-approve me. <laughs> use, use what? Calyx. Oh my God, yeah. Ashley. <laughs> I knew you were hiding something from me. I, I could, I could just tell you didn't want to tell me. No, that's that's definitely old school. I will say the one thing that's that I just that I had do, time to transition. That's where I'm getting to. <laughs> the one thing I did like about Calyx, it was it was an open app. You know what I mean? But it it doesn't do anything. It, yeah, it, it doesn't. really doesn't. It's awful. I'm not yeah. gonna lie. And but then I'm really, I'm really fast at it right now. So that's the biggest thing is whenever I have consistent file flow in, it's hard not to. It's yeah. hard to no, I, I'm, I'm not judging. There's no judging yeah. here. We'll just, we, we'll just schedule something after this call. No, yeah. <laughs> um, 
Um, and then uh, do you use any type of CRM, you know, like for, for all this, you know, happy anniversary and all this good stuff, you know, birthdays, do you use any type of CRM? So I'll be honest with you, something that's consistently worked is UWM's system works so good because mm -hmm. we can even pull our files in that don't go to that lender, like into their database. And it sends me yeah. that great email. And that's where I can kind of follow up on that. And then um, I have a system, a spreadsheet that I can follow up on clients that are pre-approved and see how they're doing as well and see if they're having trouble finding anything, if they're happy with their realtor and so forth. Perfect. Perfect. Yep. Nope. It's simple. I absolutely love it. Um, I met a very, very high producer. I'm not going to name names because they're on the verge of possibly coming over to the broker world, but they yeah. use nothing but spreadsheets. You know what yeah. I mean? Everything is a spreadsheet. No CRMs, nothing. And just a super high producer. I'm sitting there going, oh my God, they're missing the boat. But at the same time, they're super successful. So I don't want to rock the boat too much, but yeah, no, it's okay. It's, you know, simplistic and it works, uh, you know, UWM system is great. You know, pre-approve me app that that's a good one too. So no, those are all, it's simple. It's just yeah. simple and, you, and, and it's your process. Um, so with, with all this volume, you know, we're all not a Todd bitter and stuff like that. You're, you're pretty darn close to it. But with that being said, you know, because he processes all his loans with, with you being a high volume, how, what, I, I know you said you delegate certain parts of it, but was there certain parts that once you delegated it freed up your time and you were able to gain more business? The, the document collection part was huge. Mm -hmm. because, you know, we just blew up the last two years. And I literally was working almost 24 hours a day. Like I'd go home and eat dinner with my kids. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. I'm going to burn out very quickly. And so the doc intake was a huge thing because I couldn't pre-approve people fast enough because I couldn't move fast enough. I, was, I mean, I was pulling in sometimes 20 applications a day. So it was very, very necessary to hire somebody to do that. And my husband's cousin had just been laid off from her occupational therapy job. And she came in on my birthday and I was like, do you want a job? <laughs> because I have one. <laughs> and she's very organized and detail oriented. So I knew she would do great at that. And that's what I have her do. And she does all of my um, social media as well. Oh, wow. Things that I don't love to do. So. <laughs> that's that's okay. You know your strengths, right? Yeah. So that's something I don't love to do, but I, I process almost all my files after that. Um, and then I stack the file completely. And then we have one in-house processor and I give him the file. He double checks everything for me just to make sure I didn't miss any large deposits, anything crazy on the pay stub, um, short year to date, whatever, and then submits the file. And then I reach out to the client for all the conditions. I just feel like it's important for them to hear from me. They don't want to be passed around because that's the number right. one complaint I've heard from people besides communication. It's just, they feel like they're never in touch with the same person. So I always make sure their main point of contact is me and that's it. Perfect. That's so. absolutely perfect. All right, Ashley, we've taken up quite a bit of your time. This is, this is great because I just love it. How, you know, once again, especially in this market that we're in, people are trying to do all these crazy things and, and do something. And then I love the fact that people are trying to do things different, but also it's okay to be different, but be simple about it. You know, yeah. it, it's, it's kind of what we do, but okay. So we have fuse coming right around the corner, our big, big sales events and, you know, our national conference. And I always like to tell people this, you know, you're, you're obviously very good at what you do. 
We learn from each other. This is how we continue to get better. Let's say I put you on the stage at Fuse. You're in front of thousands of brokers, okay? Hopefully, you know, you're, you're good in, in, in front of speaking in front of a lot of people, but you have one piece of advice. You got one thing you want to get across to the broker community and you got two minutes. What is it? Don't focus on the paycheck ever. Don't ever focus on the paycheck and just focus on your relationships because everything else will fall into place. Um, it's just important to communicate and build relationships with your clients and your realtors because that will carry your business much further. I've had to do deals for free just because that's what it takes, right? Um, but a lot of people will focus more on the amount of money that we can make and then unfortunately ends up bankrupting their business overall. Yep, that's 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 phenomenal. I can't tell you, yeah, I mean, I've priced stuff out before and you change things around. Then yeah. at the end of the day, I just sometimes go, what did, what did we make? You know what I mean? Like it, it wasn't yeah. a good experience. You know what I mean? I'd rather make little and have a great experience and make a lot and have a shitty experience. Exactly. Because you'll get more referrals from the people and um, you'll get good reviews and they'll tell their realtor and it's just, it all works out in the end. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Ashley, you've been absolutely phenomenal today um, for, for people listening Ashley and I had to reschedule this thing like two or three times. I don't know if you can hear it. I'm a little sick. She had something pop up. Not a big deal, but this is what we do. We adapt. So Ashley, thank you for being flexible on this. And thank you. You know, thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much. Appreciate your time. No problem. So brokers, if you want to get caught, caught up on all of our past podcast episodes, please head over to aimgroup.com backslash broker to broker. You can also listen to all of our broker to broker podcast episodes on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, anywhere else you can download podcasts. Do me a favor, subscribe to it, rate it, leave a review. It helps us get the podcast out there and spreads the word that brokers are better. And actually, you're definitely one of them. So once again, thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much. Have a good day, guys. Brokers, are you looking for the best resources to succeed? The AIM member portal is your one-stop destination for everything you need. Submit and track AIM escalations for high-level loan issues. Join the referral list, change AEs, and obtain exclusive discounts and you'll have access to over 50 AIM lenders and vendors. Don't wait, sign up today at brokersarebetter.com.